Welcome to Once and Future Authors, changing lives one book at a time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the Once and Future Authors podcast. I'm Stephanie Larkin, and I am so delighted to be joined today by author Debbie DeLuise. Debbie has written hordes of books in various genres, and she is also a librarian, which if, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I think librarians are up there with God because they know so much. So welcome, Debbie, and thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. I'm honored oh. to be here. I am thrilled to have you on the show, and, and, and I've, I've had the joy of reading some of your books. I, I don't know if I could keep up. How many are there now, Deb? <laughs> there are seven currently, seven. and I have two that, are, that will be published, I, I hope, I'm working on. <laughs> and in addition to your published books, um, am I right that you also publish articles and things like that as well? Oh, yes. Uh, in fact, I recently published an article for PetSit magazine. It's an article about pet safety, uh, keeping your indoor pets safe from household hazards. And it won in a, a certificate of excellence from the Cat Writers Association. I love that. Now, the Cat Writers Association, um, you've also won for your fiction. Am I right about that? Yes, I've won for several of my books. And this time I won for a short story, uh, Sneaky's Christmas Mystery which features the cat from my Cobble Cove series. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I know whenever I think of you and whenever I, I see your name pop up on my feeds, I generally think two words. I know they're not the only words that go with you, but I generally think cats and I think mystery. But I know that you're not only about cats and you're not only about mystery. I mean, we're, we're talking now and you're, you're nonfiction also. So uh, you run the gamut. <laughs> <laughs> I started with the nonfiction, actually. I used to also be on the student newspaper, so I have some background in journalism. Uh, I was a features editor, and I also worked on my uh, library school uh, newsletter. Uh, I produced it, I edited it, I wrote store, I wrote articles. So I had some background there, and that's when I went into cat writing. Following that, I went into the magazine, when I, when, actually when I joined the Cat Writers Association. Okay, and what led you to join that? I'm, I'm guessing just a love of cats, or had you? Yes, yes I love I love cats, and I I wanted to write about them. My own cats. I always I've always had cats since I was a child, and at the time I heard about this association, and they were all cat lovers and writers, and it, it was it was just and I I really want I was so motivated, and the only way I could join them at that time to become a professional member was to have two published articles. And I had been writing these articles, but I hadn't been really submitting them or trying to publish them. So that pushed me into publishing them. So I had my two published articles and I was accepted as a professional member. And that the association is 25 years old. They just had their anniversary. 
And I've been with them since, I guess it's almost the same length of time because I think I joined, I know I went to the, uh, the 1999, well, 2000 was 20, about 21 years I've been a member. Since 99, wow. I went to their conference. Wow. And, and I never heard of them until you were a guest <laughs> on my show. And I was- They've expanded. They have, yeah, they have expanded over the years. And now a lot of, they've gone virtual, you know, with their contests. And they, they have a social media presence, you know, Instagram and Facebook and uh, Twitter. And uh, so they have made a lot of changes, you know, because as they've grown, they, you know, and there's other, it's not just cat writing. It's any, excuse me, my cat is crossing over. That's fine, fine. Right, I that. <laughs> That's Hermione, by the way. Uh, hi, Hermione. My female calico kitten. Well, she's going to be two. She's not a kitten anymore. Um, I'm sorry. I was saying, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for mine to come walking across my yeah, it was something about the camera. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I, as I was saying, to keep up with the times and, and also net, so now what they've done is they have cat artists, uh, any media, whether you make videos about cats, uh, it's not just writing anymore. So they wow. really have expanded. They're a whole organization. I and they're very talented people, and I've had a lot of support from them, and I've met a lot of people, and it's really great. And, and I, I think I saw pictures of you at, whether it was a convention or award ceremony, you were wearing little cat ears. I said, oh, it's so much fun. Oh, I went to Spain. Last year, I went to St. Louis. They Every year, goes to a different location because they have people all over the country. Sure. So each year. This year, they were supposed to go to New Jersey, which would have been great. I wouldn't have had a fly. <laughs> but unfortunately, because of what's going on here with the pandemic, they are now having a virtual awards ceremony. But the conference itself is like three days. And people wear cat clothes, I mean, clothing with cats, and they have cat ears. I should have worn cat ears today. Um, and uh, they, there's a lot of networking. You meet with authors and editors. Uh, they have, and the banquet is the high point. It's usually the Saturday night that they have it. It's the Friday night. I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. I think it might That's be. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, during the banquet, they, they have the award nominees in each of the categories. And as I said, if you've won, I don't know if I mentioned this, if you've won a certificate of excellence, you are eligible to win the, the, the biggest award uh, is the, the Muse Medallion. And it's unbelievable. I wish I had a picture of it. I have not yet won one. <laughs> my fingers crossed. I've won certificates. I've come close. But there are so many entries. And you would be amazed. And it's very tough. I've been a judge, too. As, as I can't judge my, the categories I've entered, but I can judge the other categories. And it is tough because there are so, so many people are talented in this organization. It's un and the categories range from articles to books to short stories to photography to video I mean it's wow. amazing but um the high point is the banquet and that's when the, the winners and also I forgot to mention in addition to the muse medallion they have sponsors who give other prizes monetary prizes and other items for instance I won a few years back I won from Purina for oh. my yes for my article uh, it was uh, it was about um grooming your your pet and it, I won a plaque from Purina. I should, it would be hard to see it. I can't even photograph. It's all glass. Really? It oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> and in addition to that, I did get um, a, a, a check. 
So it was very nice. It was very nice. It was wonderful. Wow. So if anybody, any of our listeners uh, love cats, absolutely consider joining the, this. Yes. Catwriters.com. Catwriters.com. That's easy yep. to remember. I love it's that. Great. It's great. If you have cats, you write about cats, you want to write about cats. Whatever. If you have a cat right now lying across your desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed I don't right now. I generally do have a cat sprawl mm-hmm. right across my desk. <laughs> and one of my cats is rather fat, so she takes up uh, the entire desk. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, in addition to theming with the cats, which I know is not all of your writing, um, you're a mystery writer. In general, um, how did you get into mysteries? What uh, what about it got you into writing mysteries? Did you choose it? Did it choose you? How did that I've al- I've always enjoyed reading mysteries. I've always found them, you know. I've always wanted to uh, solve the mystery. I I just enjoyed the books, and I started out. I, I wrote a short story. That was my first. In um, it was uh, Cat Crimes Through Time. There was a series of books. And um, Carol Nelson Douglas, who's a, who writes the Midnight Louie uh, cozy series, she's a member of Cat Writers, and I knew her at the time. And both of us appeared, had stories in the book. You know, they had, they had other authors. Then, um, then I, you know, I, but I've always read mysteries, and not just cozy mysteries. I've read, um, you know, I have certain favorite authors. I love Nora Roberts, Sandra Brown, and some of them cross over with romance because I do like romantic suspense. When I was younger, I liked Phyllis Whitney. She was in gothic, gothic romance. Uh, she wrote in, into her late nineties and she lived wow. to like 102. I even wrote to her when I was young and I wish I could find her reply. I've been looking for that letter forever, but I did write to her and she did reply and she lived on Long Island at the time. And yes. So but um, yeah, I, I, I did it choose me. I, you know, I don't think so. I think I chose it because of my interest. But maybe I di- it did choose me because why was I interested in the first place? Right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, so which came first, the chicken or the egg? You know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, within mysteries, you mentioned cozy mystery, romance mystery. Tell me about a little bit about these different subgenres. Yes. Um, well. The the mystery mysteries have a, they have a lot of subgenres. I mean, there's um, cozy mystery, which such as mine, the Cobble Cove series, which takes place in a small town. Most of them take place in a small town. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they feature recipes. Uh, sometimes they feature pets, like I have Sneaky the Library Cat. They also might have uh, a- they have amateur sleuths. So I have the librarian who solve helps solve the mysteries. In some of these, you know, it, it is other, there's other characters that might, uh, that have like sometimes strange occupations. Uh, in mine, it's a librarian. Uh, it, it, it's different features of it. But they're very, they have tea a lot of times. It's like, think Agatha Christie. That's a cozy okay. mystery. Those type of books. Um, there's police procedurals, um, which are more serious mysteries. They have detectives solving the mystery. There's also like, um, there are detective mysteries. There's thrillers. Well, thrillers, some of them are mysteries. Some of them are more suspense. There's um, psychological mysteries like My Seascope, which is a mystery, but it also delves into the theme. There's themes that are, that you have to think about a very, um, there is a psychologist in the book, actually. 
but um, I would say the another the, my my reason to die mystery is more of it's not so much it's a, it's like a police procedural, but um, and then right now I'm working on a medical mystery because it it deals with memory um, a clinical trial of a new memory drug and a murder that's involved. Wow. With, so, so valuable for our listeners to hear that you're not just writing a mystery, but it's actually in one of these subgenres. And what you said, especially about the cozy mysteries, leads me to, to think that if I were setting out to write something, I really should find out what the expectations are. So if a cozy mystery um, typically is in a small town with, as you said, a protagonist that has kind of a, an odd um, avocation, but they're a, an amateur sleuth, right? Important to know that so that if I start writing a mystery that takes place in New York City and it's a detective, it's not a cozy mystery. Well, there's also, you've got to remember, within the cozy mysteries, there are subgenres. Oh, like, wow. Yes, like uh, the historical cozy mystery, the paranormal cozy mystery. And, you know, there are subgenres of that. The mysteries about cooking, the mystery about, mystery about pets, the cozy mysteries about pets. So they each have, it's, it's complicated. It, there's different themes, but it's a lot of fun. People like to read them. Absolutely. And people like to be able to find what they want to read as well. If I'm a person who's interested in reading cozy mysteries about cats, then, right. or, or something else, to have a subgenre like that, that delves down or, or cozy mysteries that are historical fiction. Again, a subgenre of a subgenre so I can find it. Um, do you think about this before you begin writing the book or as you're writing the book? Uh, I'm not really sure of the question. Are you saying, do I think of the genre? Or yeah, do you think of the genre? Do you have maybe a, a bit of an idea in your mind and then you say, okay, I'm aiming for cozy mystery, uh, historical well, or something I'll like tell that. you, uh, I think I know how to answer this. I'll tell you my, my experience writing my cozy mystery. When I started writing the, A Stone's Throw, which was the first book in a Cobble Cove series. Right. I did not have in mind, I just had a, the, the idea for the, the murder, you know, the right. idea for the plot. And then I wrote it. And then I thought it was romantic suspense because there was a lot of romance. Oh, in okay. But as it was reviewed, the uh, reviewers said it was a cozy mystery because it took place in a small town. It, and it, well, it had quirky characters. It had a library cat. So it met a lot of the criteria. And I wasn't even going to write a second book. But when I realized that, yes, it does then the characters grew on me because the characters are very important in a cozy mystery. Most mysteries, characters are very important. Uh, people identify with them. Um, they feel like they're, they become friends to them. So I got to know my characters because they do things. I, I've said this when you interviewed me in the, in the past. Um, I ended up killing somebody. I didn't. I love when you I didn't that. start out. I didn't <laughs> start out getting killed. But they, 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 they start having their, as, as you identify them and, you know, they start taking on a life of their own. So I, they influenced me to write a second book. I mean, I knew it was going to, then I figured it was going to be a cozy series. So with Between a Rock and a Hard Place, which took place during the holidays, I went back to Cobble Cove and there was a new murder. Okay. 
So the thing is that, um, and I, ch- I had the characters, the characters grow throughout the series. They change. I do kill some of them off or some of them leave, some of them move away. I also develop characters who might've been lesser well-known that move up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I add new characters because you have to make it, you know, each story is different, but right. it's part of this. You have the main characters, of course, Alicia, the protagonist is the main character, the librarian and Sneaky, who's in every book. So you do have the main characters, but then you have minor characters who may not stay, might grow, uh, change, you know, so there's a lot to think about. But no, the answer to your question, I don't, since I'm writing the series, I know it's a cozy, but I did not start out saying I'm writing a cozy. What a fantastic, inspiring, you know, what you just said, I think opens a lot of doors for a lot of people because you described how you wrote the book and because of the way the reviews were going, and this is, this is really a good lesson for all of us to kind of be open um, to the fact that people are reading the book and they're saying, this is what it is. Might not have been what you intended, but you decided, you know what? I'm going to embrace that. Why? Why and, now, and now I'm going to go on from that. I think that that's fabulous. Well, I've been told as I've written my book by other reviewers, my other books that are not cozy, that I still write cozy life. In other words, <laughs> I, I, first of all, I do not write explicit sex scenes. I'm not into that. Right, right. And in cozies, you don't, you can't even curse. I mean, some people object to to slang in in, in cozies. But I do, in my other books, I, you know, I don't curse a lot. I don't have explicit sex. But I might have themes. I might say one or two words. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I, I do, um, it may not, it, it's not a cozy per se, but it, you may have a cozy feel to it. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because now I read Cisco. Yes. Uh-huh. And you said that that is not a cozy mystery. Yet I'm sitting here saying it was in a small town. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And it, it's like checking all of the boxes that you're describing. And I certainly understand why you're saying you know, it's a psychological mystery. That makes perfect sense to me. But as you're describing the cozy, I'm saying, where did I all those too? <laughs> now, did you, how did you learn about all of these different genres, subgenres, expectations? And you're probably going to tell me because you're a librarian, so you know everything that there is to know. But. Well, that's part of it. I mean, I, I read a lot of different genres. I don't like to stick with the same type of book. I love mysteries. I read mostly. And of course I write mysteries and I do read cozies, but I read other, I read other books. Um, uh, I've, you know, I've read uh, paranormal books. I've read science fiction. I mean, I try to vary what I read too. And I like to read different types of authors, not just popular ones, because uh, I know a lot of indie authors also through my writing. So I like to read their books, but um uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm losing track of the question here. No, that's okay. I was, I was asking how... Oh, how I knew about the genres and everything? Yes. Well, uh, I have taken classes. I take online computer classes. I belong to Sisters in Crime. That's another association that oh, I belong good. to. And through the library, they have a lot of... Um, we even have on Canopy, they have the great courses on writing. I've, I've viewed a few of those. I've taken the Gale courses, which is a data, database for my library on writing. So I've taken a lot of courses. So that's how I found out a lot about um, the writing genres. Fantastic, fantastic, and such valuable information for us. Um, 
if you were going to write something other than mysteries, you know, I know you do write the, mm-hmm. the cat nonfiction, okay. but is there another fiction genre that you would say, this yeah. one's going to have no cats, no mystery. Would that ever happen? Well, that I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but I will tell you what I, what I would like to write. I, and what I wouldn't want to write. Okay. Um, I have written short, short stories also of different genres. I've done horror. I've done science fiction. I've done romance. I really don't feel comfortable writing like straight romance unless it's like romantic suspense, but I like paranormal themes. I'm talking about time travel. I'm talking about Twilight Zone. And I do have several stories like that. Uh, I had a historical uh, time travel um, that took place in Cape May and in the 1800s. And then I had one about the California earthquake that went back in time. So I like that, that type of thing. I love The Time Traveler's Wife by Audrey Niffenig. That was one of my favorite books. And what I will say that I once wrote my very first novel, which wasn't a stone's throw, wasn't even Cloudy Rainbow, which is the first published novel. It was a, a book called Time's Relative. And I, I have that manuscript. It's even on computer because a lot of my manuscripts are written on, in notebooks. I still have those. But I want to do something with that book because it's complete. It needs to be edited. I mean, I mean, I have other projects before it, but it's a time travel and it features cats, by the way. (laughs) I couldn't imagine it didn't feature the cats. And there's mystery. There's mystery too. But time travel is the big thing. But that's what I like to write. I like to write books that are a little different. I don't, you know, even mysteries, I like to throw things in there a little. You have to question. You have to think about that's the type of book I like to read too. I don't like to read a book like a romance because it's it's so, I'm not saying romance is great. I know a lot of people that can write it well, but what I'm saying is it's really, you know, the boy boy meets girl, they haven't, they don't get along, something happens and that's the end. It's pretty- I like something where the reader has to think. I, I'd like to put in red herring to make it look like another person did it. I, you know, you have to make strong characters um, in, a, in, a, in a mystery. And uh, I just, I think you have to you know, mislead them with clues. You have to make twists up, you know, that people have to solve. And you've got to surprise the reader, but you can't, you know, you got to put in, in the mystery, you have to put in clues that are believable, that people will look back and say, why didn't I see it? Mm. But the twist at the end has to surprise them, even though they should have known. It's right. not easy to write. I'm, I'm, I admire authors who can do it. I've read books where there were two or three twists at the end. And I'm telling you, it's amazing, you know. And I, I think I had two twists at the end of at, at the end of some of mine. Fantastic. Now I know you mentioned to me, and, and you you brought this up, and it blew me away that that the characters that you're writing, you don't necessarily know who lives, who dies. They sometimes they take on a life of their own. Um, when you're writing a mystery, then um, do you know who did it? When you start writing, do you outline it first or how, how big are the surprises? Well, here's the thing. I just write. I, I sometimes I know like I'm going to I don't plan who's going to be the killer. But sometimes as I'm writing, I it, it comes to me. And I from that point forward, I know who the killer is. It depends on when it comes to me. But. I recently took a plotting course and I was really blown away. Simon Wood, excellent, excellent author. And I learned a lot from it because I, I want to plot a little bit. I find that when I edit, it's harder to edit if it hasn't been 
planned ahead. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to, I want to keep my creativity, my flexibility. But I love the way, you know, he out, how he taught me how to outline, you know, there was a, a way of doing it. Uh, and you would know the killer at the beginning. But I mean, you've got to write what works for you. I don't recommend it for everybody. If you want to stay a pantser or just, you know, wing it, you know, as long as when it's edited, you work with an editor, it, you, everything works out at the end. I know I've been writing for years like this and things work out, <laughs> but if you want to try to plan it, that's good too. It might be easier. You, you've got to try what works for you. That's the, that's the bottom line. So, so you start a book with a, a nugget of an idea and mm-hmm. just... Well, I, I, have, I always have character outlines. Okay. Brief. I want to, you know, you, you could expand, you know, you, I could expand them. I have a plot idea. Okay. And then it changes sometimes as I write. Sometimes I take notes in a notebook. Sometimes I, I do them in Word. But they do change. They, they grow as I write. It does follow a different path sometimes. Wow. Unbelievable. Now, uh, at this point, the Cobblestone Mystery Series has how many books in it? Four books. Four books. Is that the end of that series? Or is that I'm good? hoping to write the fifth, and I have ideas for it. Okay. But I have other projects right now, and it's very it's difficult. You know, I, I've been off from work for a while, but I work full-time at the library. But I have been working from home. In fact, today I have a meeting, a Zoom meeting. We have I do virtual chats. You know, there's different things I've been doing. But I've also been organizing my writing files, which has really been helpful because during I would never have had the time if I was working full time. But I'm, I'm still, like I said, it's not like I'm not working, but I've had a little extra time uh, and I've organized them. And the writing files, now that they're organized, I can't believe the amount, like I found articles like back 20 years you know, <laughs> that I did when I did for Cat Writers and I found ideas, that's even more important that I wanted to work on. I mean, there's, there's no um, shortage of ideas. It's the time. So, but I want to, I, I have to finish the medical mystery first, I think, and then move on. Cobble Cove will be there at some point, I'm hoping. I do have an idea for another series and another cozy mystery series that I've been actually querying to agents with no luck right now, but I want to redo it. I want to edit it further, but you got to do one project at a time. Some people are like, they do several at once. And you can't, for me, I can't do that. I have to do one project at a time. Like to focus. I, I get that. Otherwise, you're going to have this character showing up in this book and it'll get really interesting. There are, there are times when you have time between a book. Like, let's say I submit a book and I'm waiting for because it doesn't, they don't give you an answer overnight. Right. So during that time, I can write something else or I can edit something else. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on a nonfiction project that I'm, I'm planning, and it's going to be nonfiction. It has to do with cats. And because um, I'm still doing my short stories, I have some out there already that are queried for different publications and articles and things. So it's not like I'm not writing. It's just, I'm oh. writing, I have, <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's just one, you know, I'm not saying one project at a time, but, you know, books are a lengthy project. There's shorter, like I write short stories, I'm, but they're just as difficult to write. A short story sometimes is, is, the thing is it's shorter, but it may not be easier to write. It's right. shorter. Right. So you've got to, you know, allocate your time and, oh. and your project. And, and no, you're absolutely right. Short stories are not necessarily easier. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you are limited by length, you have to make sure that you get in 
there's enough character development, story, plot, well, those things. I was very happy with the, the Sneaky's Christmas Mystery because even though I hadn't written the fifth Cobble Cove, I took off after the fourth one. And I wrote, and the difference in that story, which is up for the award, the difference is that the, you, can, you can see the cat's thoughts. I didn't do that in my other books. The cat led clues. They led, he, he led Alicia to clues that solved the mystery and acted in other ways. But actually in this one, you hear Sneaky's voice and the girl cat that I introduced, uh, Kitty Kai, that I introduced in, in four, which is the calico like mine, which coincidentally I didn't have her when I wrote the book. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's funny. And uh, I, I love that because you could actually, you know, know what was going on in the cat's minds. And I wrote from the cat's point of view, which is something I do on my blog, on Sneaky's blog. I have my, my own cats have their own column there. So oh. I write from their point of view. And I write from Sneaky's when he... He writes, he interviews uh, other pet authors. Fantastic. Other pet characters, I may say. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you, you have given us so many actionable tips to, uh, to get started. Anything you want to add for our future authors out there? Tips about writing? Well, you have, the, the main thing, and I, I interview people on my, my blog, the DebbieDLouise.com, my, you know, my website, which is also my blog. I interview um, other authors and the question I ask um, them is, what would you, what advice would you give new people, new authors? Right. Yes. And it's, I, you know, it's, it's basically to just keep writing. Uh, you, you can't give up. It's very, it's a very competitive field. But if you love to write, you know, you don't write to make money. <laughs> don't write to, <laughs> you know, you write because you love to do it. You enjoy doing it. And you like what you write about. Don't write what you think other people you know, want you to write because you will find an audience because there are people who, you know, if you like what you write, like I loved Seascope. I got to tell you, out of all my books, that book. I loved it too. Absolutely. As I was writing Seascope, because I went back 20 years and she was young and I had the characters of different ages. I, yeah. It was different. But, you know, I've had different reactions to that book. I had people who absolutely loved it. People were confused about the timeline, okay. which, which, I made very clear. You were very clear about the time. It was very clear. But the reason I loved it, it because it flew by. I wrote short chapters, which is like James Patterson. And that's a trick because readers don't want to sit there for a long time between chapters. I've, I, I, I noticed that. But I because it was quick. It was quick reading. It was quick writing. It, I got into it. And it was because I enjoyed the story so much. And I based it on my life. All your books, there's a little bit of you in it. So I had, you know, things in that book that were based on me. Of course, it was all fictionalized. Right, right. Uh, but in all my books, is a little something. And, uh, but I, the idea is I just loved the way the characters started, you know, the young, the young person and then the older, the older adult, at them as an adult and how I went back and forth. But yet, um, you know, it just, I just, and the mystery. And I, I, I made it psychological and I really... Uh, I made the ending where you got to figure it out. And I think I'm not revealing anything. Um, some people know it. Some people are still figuring it out. <laughs> but that's the, and there was a twist, you know, you, that I hope people didn't see coming. But I just, the thing is the book really, um, I enjoyed writing. When you enjoy writing, that's the main thing. Enjoy what you write. If you enjoy your write, other people will enjoy it too. 
Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for such valuable information. Uh, can you remind our viewers where they can find you and your books? Well, you know, again, uh, my website, um, DebbieDLouise.com. Uh, I know it's a pot and podcast. You're not going to be able to see anything or even, but um, I'm on Facebook uh, and Twitter at Deb Librarian, which might be easier to find. Um, Instagram, I don't use as much as I should, but I'm <laughs> Debbie underscore writer. Um, you know, and you know, the Cat Writers Association, I'm on, um, I'm on the, um, my publisher, Solstice Publishing and Next Chapter Publishing. You can look me up. I'm on their websites. So I'm around, you know. He's around. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I should have had my, oh, you have my name down there. The only thing is I have a space in my name. Do you have, do you, oh, oh is there a space between the G and D-E? D-E space, L-O-U-I-S. Oh, it didn't come out on your little thing here. Okay, I'll make sure. There is a space. Yeah. But, of course, on the website, there is no, I mean, on the website, there's no space. It's just Debbie D. Louise. Right. Well. So there are no space. I'll make sure to put the web address in. But on Amazon, if they go to my Amazon author page, they would have to have, you know, my last name with the space. With the space. On my Amazon page. Maybe I've known you for a long time. I had no idea there was a space. I've learned a lot today. <laughs> well, I can't thank you enough. I think that uh, the Cat Writers Association is going to get flooded after this podcast with phone calls. <laughs> I, hope, I, hope, I hope that they give you uh, an extra set of ears or something uh, as, as a thank you for sending so many people their way. And I'm hoping that uh, people are inspired to get started on writing their next piece. And some of these actionable thoughts about um, reading and understanding what different genres are and, and getting started. And that there's a, a million different ways to get started, whether you want to outline first or you want to you know, develop characters and, and just see where they take you. Absolutely. Debbie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And to all of our viewers, Thanks so much for joining us for Once and Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing!